It's uh, a bit of a, a bit of a weird one for me. I'd, I'd honestly say before I actually saw it in writing, I didn't know there was such a thing as an in-house photographer. I understood um, yeah. relationships between photographers and brands existed in many different ways. Uh, but before we get to the in-house part, let's start with the photography part. So what was it that made you start okay. in photography? What was it that made you pick up a camera? So I grew up and my mom was like a hobby photographer. So I always grew up with like camera gear in the house and she was into it enough that she actually had like a small studio in our basement. Um, but she never did it professionally. So I kind of always grew up around cameras and lighting, which is really fun. Right. Um, and she was really supportive. So like once a week we'd have like weekly contests growing up and like my mom and like my dad and my sister would always like judge them. So it was kind of like a whole family like thing we got into. And did you study it at any point or is no. it something that you just kind of followed yeah. in terms of like so, a, pa- a passion? Yeah. So once I got to like high school, I was like, I want to start taking this seriously. Um, I think this is what I want to do for a career. So then I started building a portfolio so I can get into college for it. And then I studied in college. So now there's usually a moment I feel like this, I, do you know, I've spoken to a lot of photographers and this might be a male thing. It's, it's definitely mm-hmm. not regional because I speak to people all over the place, but yeah. There seems to be a thing. It seems to be more male. There's a point where you feel like you've become a photographer. You've gone from being someone who takes pictures to becoming a photographer. Did you ever have like a moment where you felt like you'd become a photographer as opposed to just being someone that enjoys photography? That one's a hard one for me because I feel like I kind of like got lucky into it. Um, I did do like a couple internships when I was in college with photographers. But I always felt like an intern until I got like my job at Westcott. Um, so it kind of didn't really have that. I'm now a photographer moment. I had like a lot of like, I like photography. I want it to be my career. And then like all of a sudden it was like my career. So it was kind of like a weird situation. Well, something that's difficult with taking a passion and turning it into a job is, is, yeah. is that you then don't have the pa- like, not that you don't have the passion, but you, you don't have an escape from the job because your, yeah. your escape has become your job. So that's something I really struggled with at first when I first actually started working as a photographer. Do you have something away from photography that kind of balances out so you're not constantly focused on photography? Yeah, I'm a huge like family person. So like I keep my weekends for my family unless I really have to. So that kind of keeps me from like getting burnt out from the photography side of it. Um, so that's like really important to me to have that separation of like work and home life. Um, it's like one of my biggest things I try to keep in my life. Yeah, it's the the joys of uh, yeah. cellular phones or mobile phones is that you never really <laughs> separate from anything anymore, which is yeah. something I'm having to teach myself to do for my own sanity. Th- let's talk about Westcott then. So how did how did you working at Westcott come about? So I was applying for internships and I happened to have contact with like the president of Westcott. Um, and I emailed her my portfolio and she was like, come in for an interview. So I actually started as an intern at Westcott um, and then they moved into a full-time position like straight out of college. What, I mean, not to sound completely ignorant, but I feel like that is my yeah. position as a, as a host of a podcast to be <laughs> completely ignorant. What is an in-house photographer? So I actually work at Westcott like nine to five, like every day I'm in the house, like taking photos. I actually take all the product photos. Wow. Like my day to day, it's actually mostly product photo- like photography, but then I also get to do all the marketing stuff, which is like the fun creative shoots also. So every day I'm like there nine to five, like doing something related to photography, whether it's like 
educational videos, product photography, um, like even helping out like in the product development side, if they need some like testing done, sometimes I'll like jump in and do that. So it's like a very, like I am in the photography industry like hundred percent, like my job. Is, so this might be your, I am a photographer moment then is just telling me that. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned like the creative shoots and obviously I've watched quite a bit of YouTube um, with yourself. Yeah. How much of an input do you have in terms of the styles of shoot, the, the lighting that you're using? Is it something that you have to correspond with someone from Westcott to make sure that it's kind of displaying what their products do in, in a way that they want it to be shown? It's kind of, it's an interesting dynamic, I feel. Yeah. So usually what happens is like, we'll have a product that we need like some content on. So like we need a product, like a video using this product. And then I'll come up with like a concept and the styling around it be like, okay, does this work? And they're like, yep, make it run with it. And then I have to plan everything. And obviously I shoot everything like edit. Um, so it kind of comes around like opposite of normal photography. Like usually you have a concept and you build a gear around it where like I have to pick the gear and then build the concept around the gear. And then from there, how much of your feedback goes into the way the products are put together? Because I've worked, in a previous life, I worked within uh, the, the food industry. I was a pastry chef. And it's a very, very fluid environment in the sense that you're, because you're the person that's like hands-on with what you're working with, you can kind of give very immediate feedback to the suppliers and to to even just into what's what's working and what isn't working within individual ingredients or whatever how much of an input do you have in in like i guess it'd be like npd like new product development or how things are working out things like that so normally i don't see the products until they're pretty close to being final but like i do have enough input that if i don't like something i can be like hey is there any way we can change this or like sometimes like the bounce ideas off of me and see if I like them or not and be like, okay, this is how I would do it. Or like, so I do have a little bit of like, but it's mostly towards the end of it. So I don't have like complete control, right. but enough that I can be like, Hey, this isn't going to be good for the end user. Like, can we change this up a little? I mean, I'm not really a gear person for sure. Um, most, yeah. mostly I don't know about in America. I'd, I've spent a lot of time in America, but not with photographers in England. The, the conversation around gear drives me absolutely insane because it's <laughs> it's just people have picked a brand and then all of a sudden like that's their tribe and they're mm-hmm. angry at the other tribe for not being this i i don't really understand it it's all the product in the, the day it's just a it's a it's yeah. a tool and it's how you go about using it's it it's a tool and it's how you use it and light good light is good light no matter how you get it exactly um yep but with with your position as someone that's obviously like you said nine to five you're you're right in there in the photography world inside of it every day except for the weekends i mean if i could ask you a bit of a bit of a broad question here but we're seeing the birth of mirrorless and it's kind of really coming into its own at the moment dslrs are still there and there's been a huge resurgence with film photography feels like it's Mm -hmm. definitely getting bigger rather than smaller what's what's from your perspective, how's photography looking gear-wise? Like, do you think mirrorless is going to eventually kind of eat everything and become the new way? Do you think that this is, are we at the top of the mountain with photography and it's going to start going down a little bit now? How do you feel about photography from a gear perspective? I think it's only going to get bigger. 
Okay. Because I feel like, especially now with technology, the way it is, like there's so many different options to go that people want to nitpick what they want almost. So it's not like back when like film, digital, where it's like, okay, you have a few camera options. Like now you have like a million options and each one does a little bit, something a little bit differently. Mm. I feel like it's only going to grow in my opinion. I mean, I've, I switched to Sony from Canon. Well, for technically from Fuji, which is my wife's fault. I switched from Canon to Fuji. My wife didn't like Fuji. So we switched to Sony because that's how marriage works. (laughs) One thing I would say as a complaint about Sony or actually it might be all mirrorless cameras, to be honest with you, but I don't feel like the Fuji is quite the same, is that they're so well packed with like features and they're so intelligent Mm -hmm. that sometimes it can almost feel a bit soulless and it's a bit easy at times. Like I've noticed, I mean, I've noticed with, I shoot weddings and I've noticed that I just, I don't really ever miss focus anymore on anything. And I've always got someone's eye pin sharp. I don't really even have to think about it. I switch off a little bit sometimes during like ceremonies because I know the lay of the land. I know the camera is going to be doing what I need it to do. I can start thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. Is <laughs> is cameras in, and I guess all technology, some of the some of the lights and that that are out right now, even to be honest with you, even the computers that we're using, as the the software is so intelligent, is it is it becoming too easy to be a photographer? I don't think so. <laughs> I think like yes, cameras are making it easier for photographers to do their job, but. There's so much you have to think about when you're a photographer that I think even if the focus is a lot easier, you still have to think about what you're focusing on and like the lighting and the composition and like what the whole scene overall is. I think, yes, it's getting easier, but still there's a lot of other things that you still have to think about, especially from like a creative side of it too, like styling, like all that type of stuff. It's like not just about the gear and the technology. Yeah, hundred percent. And and again, like I say, the um the proverbial pissing contest that people seem to have. I've mm-hmm. taught I've taught workshops in the past, and sometimes it's some of the questions you get are very obscure because people think that if you're using Canon for something and they're using Nikon, it can't yeah. work. And it's like, no, it's just it's literally the same thing. Basically, it's just <laughs> yeah. buttons are in different places and. Yeah, and menus are just slightly more annoying in one than they are in yeah. the other or whatever. So <laughs> one thing I did notice when I went full-time as a photographer, and especially when I did my first year of doing over 60 weddings, was that I didn't want to do a lot of photography away from my job. It was like, go to work, do photography, mm-hmm. come home, hate the sight of a camera until the next <laughs> time I have to pick it up. and. Fortunately, now I've kind of gone the other way and I seem to be doing as much photography when I'm not working as when I am. Um, but do you find doing what you're doing nine to five that you, you often actually really want to pick up a camera away from work? I think absolutely for me. Um, I very much like having like my weekends and I'm so guilty. I'm not taking the photos of like my family and like my husband and stuff, um, which I wish I was better at. But yeah, it kind of like, I feel like at the end of the day, it's like, I look at the camera and I'm just like, oh, maybe another day. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I want to do a shoot like, like with the family and it's like, oh, maybe I'll just do that next weekend. You know? Yeah. I, I, I have that. I have this weird, I mean, I'm very much a night person. So I have this weird thing of 
Mm-hmm. I spend the whole day not wanting to have anything to do with photography and then it gets to nighttime and I have the energy and, and literally there's no light and there's nothing to photograph and no <laughs> one's awake. And it's almost like I'm punishing myself for having a really antisocial sort of schedule in, in my sleep. Yeah. I say I've also noticed that like my decorations on my house, like I can't hang photographs because I just like look at them and critique them. <laughs> where it's like I overanalyze them almost. Yeah, you never get to switch that off, like, do you? Do you ever get to actually enjoy do you enjoy social media when you're looking at photos or do you just sit there kind of like grading stuff? <laughs> yeah, I feel like all my social media is like it's all about photography and it's like I just scroll through and there's like that's when you're not getting that break either is like from social media. Yeah, I mean I I've said a hundred times on this podcast, I think social media is evil. <laughs> you're going through and you're like, oh, what gear do they use? And like it's like you're over analyzing everything and it's like there's no break yeah it's it's too much information i think like i don't think we're built as animals to have this constant stream of information just constantly hitting you in the face and you end up where it sets off so much serotonin that you don't know how to put it down and i've noticed like i've lost entire days to my phone and i just it's so depressing when you kind of realize it it's 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 good to wean yourself away from it yeah um, let's talk about your um, your camera setup because having watched you on YouTube, and I might be missing yeah. a trick here, but I feel like you're still you're 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 Canon DSLRing, right? I am not. You are not. Oh, yes, I am DSLR. Yes. Okay. I'm on the that... Canon five DSLR still. Okay, and and so for the sake of not sounding like the people I was just moaning about talking about other people using what gear <laughs> they are, um, how come you're not yeah. on mirrorless? Just haven't invested in it yet. Right. I was going to last year and I never ended up doing it. So I, I'm thinking soon, but there's always that like thought in my head, like, oh, the next camera is going to come out. Maybe that's the one. Right, right. Is that, I mean, is that something you think they do too much of? Like they bring a camera out every yeah. six months or a year. I know Sony are horrendous for it. They bring cameras out so often that you never really feel like you get your feet established before the model that you yeah. just bought has been replaced. That's completely how I feel. It's like, I don't want to buy the current camera because I feel like the next camera is going to come out. And then it's like, you're stuck in this like loop of like waiting for like the perfect camera <laughs> to show up. And it's like, well, it's, it's one thing that kind of, I wish someone would, would get away from. I wish I, I do wish I, I personally wish it was Canon and I wouldn't have left them would, would be that they just release a camera that's just for stills that we just mm-hmm. lose the video function. I, I, I'm sure it's like really popular with people that do like, they do like the speed ramp movements of people getting their keys yeah. and putting them in the door of the house. And then I, I don't really understand what cinematography is becoming whenever I watch anything on, on Instagram or YouTube. It's very, very depressing and, and not motivated in any way at all by common sense or logic. But I guess it looks cool and there's different colored lights, so it's all very good. But I wish that they would just take... Uh, I wanted a fi- what I wanted when I was shooting Canon was I wanted Canon to hire me to have a signature camera where I would literally just take all of the features that are for video out of the camera and have all of the processing power yeah. go towards stills and just make it as good a stills camera as possible. And yeah. then I don't have to think about it because every camera I buy has to have this whole side of features that I just really don't want. And I think like video yeah. isn't, I know that Instagram's about to go towards video which seems to have triggered quite a lot of people for some reason or another but i just i like photography i don't really like you know 
little clips that are made on the camera. I'm completely with you. It's like, I just want the video part of it. I'm like, I don't even look at those specs or anything. I'm just like, I'll let the photo side of it. And I'm like, there's so much power you can put towards the photo side of it. The video wasn't there in the cameras, I guess. Well, talking about video, uh, I've made several attempts at YouTube with varying degrees of failure or somewhere between a hard failure and a medium hard failure. Usually. Um, I just don't think I have the face or the personality for it. Definitely not the face, but with, with being on YouTube, what's that like? Cause I feel like YouTube comments can usually be quite vicious in places. People can be quite rude or lacking in a little bit of social etiquette. And, um, I guess putting yourself out there, online is is always kind of a bit of a nerve-wracking thing do you enjoy doing youtube is it something you've had any kind of negative feedback from so i just started doing it um like not even a year into it yet so i'm fairly new at it but i feel like i'm my worst critic so i feel like half the time the comments i'm like i'm already thinking it before they say it right right yeah so like i i'm my worst critic so it's like doesn't bug me as much as I think it could. Um, but yeah, luckily we I get pretty positive feedback for the most part in the comment sections. But now that I'm saying that, next video I'm gonna get something horrible. <laughs> well, I hope it's not because of this. That's that's I hope it's not <laughs> it can't be put down to being my fault, I hope. No. But I'm always critiquing my photos and like myself, so it's like I feel like whatever people say, it's like either it's like, okay, I see where they're coming from or like that person completely doesn't just, it's just being mean for the sake of being mean. Yeah. And then in that case, I can just brush it off because I'm like, they just want to be mean. Yeah. There's a lot of that about, I, 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 my very brief foray into doing stuff with YouTube, I had, I actually had some pretty hilarious horrible comments that I think if I'd have taken myself more seriously would have really upset me, but I actually found a lot of it to be quite funny with with your relationship with Westcott and obviously working there, you're producing stuff for them. Your Instagram is set up with the shots that you've taken that have been on like YouTube videos, tutorials and so on. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a, uh, a separate portfolio that's like not commercially based that's just personal work or is is photography for you something that's like completely separated as being a work thing? So with working with Westcott, I'm pretty lucky that if I have like an idea and I want to do it, they usually just let me run with it. So I kind of feel like the creative stuff I do with Westcott is what I'd be doing for personal work. If I had like, if I wasn't working there also, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, because they usually just like let me run with any ideas I have. Is it not? I mean, I I'm kind of quite possessive on ideas. I'm quite, <laughs> I I really am. I'm kind of I'm always not. I don't think I do anything original, so I don't think anyone's going to steal the idea. But I always feel like I, I want to keep stuff to myself, like at least elements of things to myself, until I'm actually photographing them for the sake of. I don't actually know why. I think I might be having a mental breakdown as we're doing this podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to figure myself out. But I always feel like I don't want to overshare ideas because I kind of want to keep things oh, yeah. to myself. Is it not, is that not a bit jarring to have to go to like a group of people and be like, here's my idea, here's how I want to do it. And then they have to give it the go ahead. Um, not that part, but I have noticed that like, because I also help on the affection end of like, if we bring a pro in, 
so like somebody else's videos. I have noticed like since I started doing the videos, if I have like a really good video idea, I don't want to share it right for another photographer to do. I'm like, this is my idea. Yeah. So I have noticed that. But but otherwise I like getting people's input on stuff too. So it's like kind of that creative like atmosphere where you're like bouncing ideas off of people. I, I kind of love that about the creative industry and how people can do that. I feel like that really helps. Well, I feel I have to be consistent with one thing, which is anytime I've interviewed anybody that photographs, I think exclusively in color, <laughs> I do have to ask why you hate black and white. I don't know. I thought about this too. I'm like, I'd always try to figure out why I just really love color and like how the nuances of color can like happen with like undertones and like overtones. It's just, I just really love color. And every time I turn an image black and white, I'm always just like, I'm missing that color that I want. Yeah. I'm so obsessed with black and white. I'm always fascinated by people that don't, don't delve into it because it feels like, I don't know. It's, it's like not asking for a dessert after a meal. It's kind of weird to me to not want black and white. It's, it's just so wonderful. Um, I just feel like every time I turn one black and white, I'm just missing color. I'm just like, I want the color back. Yeah. I, I, there's at least, there's, there's three on your Instagram right now that I really want to convert um, to <laughs> black and white. I'm, yeah. I'm just literally like looking now and I'm like, yeah, there's definitely some stuff in here that I would, I would go, but obviously not the yeah. stuff that's like really color focused because that would, that would kind of no. defeat the object. What's, what's the plan then say, I don't like doing like job interview type podcasts where I'm like, what's your five year plan? But, you know, what, what do you see yourself sort of moving towards in terms of like, do you want to be um, more of a personality with something like YouTube in your own right? Do you want to move up the, the ladder at Westcar? You know, because I feel like everybody these days wants to be a celebrity in some way, which I can't think of anything worse, but they want to be a celebrity in some way where, you know, they're kind of being recognized. They become the next uh, uh, Pete McKinnon or... Frono's photo or whatever when they're on 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 YouTube, for example, is that something that interests you at all? Or are you looking more within the commercial corporate side of things? I think a little bit of both, actually. Um, I do enjoy people like recognizing my work, but that being said, also I don't want to be like the next big thing where I'm like public speaking. And that's all I'm doing. Um, I really like more of like seeing the products from like beginning to end not the development side but the marketing side of it like starting with the product photography and then going to like the marketing photos of it and like i think continuing on like the almost like marketing photography side that makes sense yeah no 100 percent. yeah it's it's interesting I, it's something i just have no interest in myself in terms of like wanting to one thing I think about like YouTube and this, this is going to sound like I'm being a bit derogatory and I, I possibly am. I'm not <laughs> sure is that, that a lot of the people that are popular photographers on YouTube are photographers that don't sell photos. Like they don't, they're, they're not selling you their technique or they're not selling you their, their, their body of work. They're just selling you stuff. Usually, <laughs> usually Squarespace stuff. Yes. And it, I do feel like some of the bigger names on, on YouTube, I could not pull a photo of theirs out of a lineup if I had a gun to my head because they don't have any discernible style. 
They just, they have a charismatic personality and they do that same three point lighting that every YouTuber does when they're doing a video from their bedroom with all of their gear nicely displayed with a, a lamp in the background. It's always the same sort of setup. And I'd, I'd, I'd not ever want to be in a position where I'm known for not my photography. If I'm going to get somewhere with it, I'd like it to be because the photos are kind of speaking for themselves. Is that, is that kind of a fair assessment? Yeah. I also like teaching people how to do stuff. Right. So it's like not only the having the style and being recognized as a photographer with this specific style, but I also really enjoy the fact that like I'm giving back to the community that has like given so much to me, like helping educate people and like helping them grow. How did that start? Because it's a big leap to, to go from not being sure whether or not you know like how to do something properly or whether or not you're mm-hmm. doing it to the best of your ability to then teaching people. How did that first come about and how much did you enjoy that? So being at Westcott and I've been there for like seven years, I kind of grew like into the position more. So I was like learning while I was like doing things a lot. And um, so a lot of times I was like learning on the fly actually. So like not currently, but like when I was first starting out, I was like very on the, like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to do like green screen. I'm like, never done green screen before but let's learn how to do it and then i would sit there and research everything and figure it out and then kind of like teach people what i learned about it is it not like one of the things i've found with any time i've even on the podcast when i've been just in a standard conversation with someone like it's not it's not i'm not presenting myself as someone that knows anything but i'll have an opinion mm-hmm. on something and people instantly want to kind of correct your opinion or say that it should be done a different way is that not something you have to overcome as well because on the internet, everyone is an expert on everything. Is it not? That's got to be slightly intimidating. I feel like in a workshop, you've got people in a room that have kind of admitted that they're interested in something that you do. But when you're doing something online, it's just, it's a good feeding ground for people that just want to tell other people that they're doing stuff wrong. I absolutely agree with that. But I, I try to go into like my photography kind of a, like jokingly saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Cause I kind of believe that if you're not learning, you're not growing. Mm-hmm. So I try to look at things like very openly and like everyone has something to teach you, even if it's not what you think they can teach you, they can teach you something. Yeah. I mean, I always start every workshop with the same, I, I learned a lesson from one bad one, which was, mm-hmm. I, I learned that I needed to put in a disclaimer at the beginning, which was that I'm not trying to teach anyone the right way to do anything. I'm teaching them the way that's right for me. Yeah. And that kind and of felt like it covered th- that argument. Yeah. And there's like 20 million ways to do anything in this world. Yep. hundred percent. And everyone's way is the right way and everyone else's yep. way is the wrong way. So you just kind of have to navigate that as it comes. With regards to like you said about kind of doing a bit of both, how does, how does one move up a ladder, I guess, as an in-house photographer? Mm-hmm. What's, what's the next stage? Do you become... Do you, do you move into something like new product development or do you, I, I don't, I honestly, this is a whole world I don't understand. So yeah, how do you move up within that system? So to me, um, there's not actually a position I can actually jump into. I'd be higher than like what I currently have. But to me, it's more like gaining the trust and like having them know I can do stuff and like more like larger budgets for bigger shoes and keep growing that way. Okay. So to me, it's more like more of a, like I have more, like gain more knowledge, more trust so that they trust me to have like better, bigger shoots and kind of grow that way. 
So it's kind of a growth in terms of the scale of what you're currently doing, not a growth as in yeah. like where like I, the corporate ladder. Exactly. Yeah. Where one day you get to you get to yell at people while you're wearing an expensive suit in a glass walled office no. or something. No, I had an intern once and it was horrible. So I don't really want to be that like corporate type. How so? How was it horrible? Oh, just like not giving up control and like having someone take over some of your work and it's like them doing it differently than how you would do it. And like having uh, to train them to do it how you would do it. And it was just, it wasn't really my thing. You're a bit of a control freak like me. I am. Right. <laughs> so the hardest question I can ask anybody who photographs people, and this seems to be the question that everybody stumbles with, except for me. And maybe because I thought yeah. about it way too much. But if I said to you right now, I'm, I'm, I don't know the guy who runs Westcott or the girl that runs Westcott or, or anything yeah. like that. I'm going to say that I'm Chris Westcott for a second, because <laughs> I feel like that's how all businesses work. There's just a guy or a girl with the last name that's the same as the company and they, they just own the company. It's just like John HSBC or something. Um, but I'm, I'm Chris Westcott and I, you okay. come, you come to me and you want to do like uh, a, a shoot. You want me to finance it. And you can pick any one person on the face of the earth, anyone you want, and I'll finance it. It will happen. Who would be the one person that you'd want to photograph? Ooh. <laughs> Every time. So the first thing, I've been trying not to overthink it. And I think the first person I would think is like maybe Zendaya. Okay. I, don't know, I just love her style and like her look. I just feel like everything she wears and like, she's very like presented very well. I feel like, and every time I see an outfit she wears, I'm like, I want to photograph that. That was pretty easy. I mean, I'm trying not to overthink it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest and say the first person that popped in my head. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, so I tend to fluctuate a little bit, but at the moment and for quite a while, it's been Rihanna. Oh yeah. Because I feel like she's the closest thing we have at the moment to like an, uh, like the late nineties supermodel era where it was like oh, so yeah. much attitude and so much presence and like the TLC era. There you go. Yeah. No scrubs. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I've asked that question to just hundreds of people and I quite often get that like, Ugh, and then they don't know what to say. Well, it's like, it's like there's certain people you see it's like, you want to photograph them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that side of things is a lot easier for you. So that side of things when it comes to, um, if you see someone and they've got an interesting look, so let's say you're out, I don't know what Americans do. You're out at Walgreens, let's say, and you okay. s- you see someone either working there or shopping there that's like got the perfect face for a photo shoot they should be modeling. You c- you could much more easily go up to them and say, hi, I'm, I'm Ashley. I'm, I'm a photographer. I would mm-hmm. love to take a photo of you. I'd love for you to come on the shoot sometime. If you've ever had an interest in modeling, it would be absolutely completely acceptable. Even if they said no to you, it would be like this nice interaction. I feel if I do the same thing, I mean, I'm, I look like every character from Lord of the Rings rolled into one and I'm 33, but I look about 53. I've got no, I've got like a skinhead, but that doesn't mean the same thing here as, as, as I hope that you think it means. And I've got a big beard. And I feel like if I went up to someone and I was like, hi, I'd really like to photograph you. I'd either just get maced or they'd phone the police. Yeah. See, my problem is I'm like, I'm a complete and total introvert. Like going up to people, it's like, I know the interaction is going to be fine, but it terrifies me. (laughs) 
You should start like, you should just, you should have like a lanyard on that just says like Westcott photographer and just be like, oh, this, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, if you're looking for photos and just try and play it off like you're too cool for the situation. Just like hand them a business card, like under the table. I'll do it to combine it with the handshake. That's the one I've always wanted to get right, but I always get it wrong. <laughs> you go, you go to like hand them like a business card within the handshake. And I always end up just dropping, oh, yeah. dropping the business card on the floor. And then I have to pick it up looking like a complete idiot. All right. So, um, the most important part of the podcast, the reason that we're, we, we're doing this, the reason that I exist doing this is I'm just essentially trying to turn the, the internet into my own algorithm so that people just like stuff that I like. And by promoting that stuff, I get more of what I want. So it's an extremely selfish endeavor. Um, but the way that we do that is that we make sure people can go and find uh, your information, your work, your photos, and you on YouTube as, as best as possible. So um, if you kindly tell people who are listening right now where they can go to find what it is that you do. Well, my personal Instagram is Hey Hello Ashley. And that's like where I put all like my portraits and stuff. Um, obviously, any product photography is just Westcott's website. Um, but also, the video side of it, um, the YouTube videos, is Westcott's YouTube at Westcott Lighting. Amazing. And massive thank you yeah. for taking the time to do this. No problem.